Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 16th of September. The lot to get to a full docket of sports. We're going to be talking about, of course, the Rays and their big four-game series up in Baltimore. The Bucks trying to go 2-0 and some big college football games this weekend. The number here, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com. Shoot me an email. We'll get you on the show. We'll be right back to kick it off on Power 90.1. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-291-2865-800-291-2865-800-291-2865 That's 800-291-2865 Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hope everyone had a great week and ready for some football this weekend. Bucks last week, as you know by now, they were victorious in Minnesota with a nice 20-17 win. On the road is always tough to do in the NFL, no matter who you are. We came in as an underdog and we came out of there with a W. A lot of comments and a lot of um, nice texts and whatnot about the the team, what they did. It was definitely a team win. And now I noticed a couple different things about the team this year from last year. And we're going to talk about those here. But looking at the team, what they did last week, they were able to have a very balanced attack. And you can't get much more balanced. I think they had 33 run plays and 34 passing plays. Of course, he had Mayfield leading the way for the Bucks, and if you watch the first half, you saw a game pretty much of two different halves, two distinct halves. The first half, the Bucks looked pretty um, flat. They weren't able to move the ball, and the defense of Minnesota was able to prepare Flores up there with the defensive coordinator, was able to uh, stop the plan that we had for the first half. But here's the difference. What the Bucks did... Even before halftime, was they made some uh, adjustments, and that's something that you didn't see a lot of last year, and that was one of the knocks on this team when uh, they had Brady last year and Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. Um, we needed a half to get used to playing. You know, if you remember in the preseason, we only played, I believe, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half or two minutes with the first team in there. And it takes a while for the uh, teams to gel, for the players to get used to each other, especially the offensive line with Worfs making the adjustment to the other side. So what happened the first half, like I said, we pretty much didn't do much. However, I say we didn't do much. We didn't do much on offense, but on defense, we were lights out the whole game. 
the defense, we loaded up on D-line players. If you look at Todd Light, what he did with the, with the team, he has some players that um, we can put some guys in and out of that lineup and really makes a difference, especially as the season's going to go on. You're going to see a... Um, a defense that's going to keep us in games sometimes when the offense isn't playing that well. We needed, like I said, we needed a half to really get our um, game plan together. We made the adjustments and we came back. You know, Canales had to you know, make the change to get some screens and some short passes. Once he did that, we were able to move the chains and, and keep going. And like I said, it's all about adjustments. A lot of times that did not happen for us last year and we needed that first half to get ready to get going and, and, and play together. Once we did that, you could see by halftime that the, uh, that the momentum I wouldn't say shifted to the Patriot to the Bucks, but the momentum was definitely more inspired as we got into the locker room and then came back in the second half. We physically, we, we manhandled the Minnesota. We, we, we physical, we were outmanning them the whole game, especially in the second half. And I, I really, uh, the defense was flying all over the place. The speed of the defense is something that really stood out to me. Uh, this week, unfortunately, we have Carlton Davis that is going to be out, and Kanji is out as well. Um, Davis is the big one as we host the Bears. But uh, you, you look at what we did. We converted some third downs. And what happens is that when you get to the end of the game, if you remember the, the, the big third down that, that we had to convert when Mayfield tucked the ball and ran, I think it was for four yards, you know, sometimes four yards at the end of the game is a lot different than, you know, four yards during the game. And that's something that we didn't have a quarterback the last two years that could do something like that. And again, we went into the, for the week knowing that it was the first game and whether we won or lost, it's only the first game. And a lot of things are gonna, you know, have to be improved upon. But when you can go on the road and get a, a W, that's something that you know, can't be uh, taken for granted because it's very hard to do in the NFL on, in any week. You know, as you know, the Vikings then proceeded to lose to the Eagles on Thursday night uh, up there in Philly. So are the Vikings that good of a team? I think the turnovers really killed Minnesota especially in that Eagles game. So I don't know if it's a, a good barometer or not, but as I mentioned, on any given week, any team can beat anyone else. We have a two and a half, three point uh, favorite edge this week, it looks, according to the odds makers, which pretty much means as a home team, it's, it's pretty even. Now the, the Bears, I think, lost last week, so I'm not sure. Uh, I think the the Bucks are playing with a chip on their shoulder, and that starts with the quarterback uh, Mayfield. We talked a couple times about Mayfield before the season started. I know that he was ranked last with the quarterbacks last year. He's played for several teams. This team, the Bucks, really seem to be. Um, rallying around Mayfield. I think that he's the type of, there's different types of leaders. Now you talk about someone like Tom Brady that was here, who's won so much in his career and so many 
achievements and so many awards and Super Bowls, rings, all of that. He leads in a different way. He, he, he was out there and, you know, you don't want to um, make a mistake around Brady because, you know, he's going to let you know about it and he's going to, uh, you know, call you out and everything else. And that's one way of leading. He did go out there and he played and he sets the example by you know, working very hard, not during the season, but also during the off season as well. And the Mayfield, different type of leader. Mayfield's the kind of guy that seems so far to me that um, the team is feeding off the chip on your shoulder mentality. A lot of teams passed him by and ended up down here. But when you have that third down run like that, you put your head down and you get the first down, that just rejuvenates that team. And that just makes the team want to play for the quarterback. And I think that that's the, the kind of mentality. That's the leadership that you want. There's 53 guys that have really bought into uh, the mentality of the team right now. And then that comes from coaching. A lot of times last year, I'll be the first one to admit that I was down on Todd Bowles and I didn't think he did a good enough job as far as being sometimes, I thought, nonchalant, um, no energy. That's just his personality sometimes. I actually saw him in the locker room on TV after the game uh, enjoying himself. And I, I don't remember one time ever seeing him do that in the team. So it just seems to me that there's a different vibe with this team this year. And again, everybody in the team seems to have you know, bought into what they're selling right now. And the momentum is a real thing. Now, whether momentum is going in the right direction or going in the wrong direction, momentum is something that is going to always have to be looked at because um, when the team's bonding the way that they have, the momentum is going to carry you on to the next game. And one of the things that I was happy that Mayfield did not do was commit turnovers. He had two touchdowns and no turnovers. If that's always a knock on him, if he can continue the trend of, of no turnovers, then I really think that look at the, the receivers that we have with Evans and you know, Godwin. I think that you're going to see them have a big play this weekend. And I think that if you, the, the Chicago secondary really isn't that uh, strong, for lack of a better word. So I think that they're gonna be able to go out there and uh, capitalize on that team's secondary as long as they give Mayfield some time. And the turnovers, no, they're the massive equalizer in the NFL. If you have a team, again, I'll go back to the, um, the Vikings play the Eagles on Thursday night. How many turnovers did they have? They had a ton of turnovers. Look at the Bills last week. Josh Allen, the three interceptions and a fumble, the turnovers that allowed them to lose to the Jets. So <clears throat> that's the real equalizer. Like I said, I think if the Bucks can stay away from that this weekend, they should be able to have another good outing. And you no, know, we can be two and all hosting the Eagles next week on Monday Night Football. Let's hope that that's what happens. Again, if you want to call in, 877-448-7901, gbsports.com. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll take an email and break down the rest of the games in the NFL. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Freedom Junkie Beards. 
free your beard from its dismal existence and kick it up a notch. Freedom Junkie Beards is made in the USA with the highest quality ingredients from beard oils, jellies, balms, and waxes to shine, hydrate, smooth, and control frizz to keep that beard in check. Protect your beard from the elements with an all-star lineup of products from Freedom Junkie Beards. American-made, American-grown. Online at fjbeards.com or text keyword BEARD to 64600. That's 64600 for more information. So if you're ready to join the Freedom Junkie Nation, then let's get bearded. A percentage of all sales are donated to charities supporting wounded veterans and vets with PTSD. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. We talked about the Bucks. We're going to break down some of these other games. If you look, one of the, the best games, I think, this weekend is going to be Baltimore at Cincinnati tomorrow. That's a one o'clock game. Baltimore won their first game, and well, the Bengals lost their first game. Joe Burrow looked terrible, or just you know, off, if you will. He hasn't played because of his calf injury. Came back, and he was definitely held in check by a good Cleveland defense. But this one's going to have uh, early AFC North implications, and I think you know, with Cincinnati looking to avoid an 0-2 early season start, they're going to have to come out and play better than they did last week. I think Jackson for the Ravens are going to have a good game. He's going to probably run for more than 100. And I think that um, the Bengals allowed Deshaun Watson to run for 45 yards on five carries last weekend. And uh, Jackson runs better than he does. So I do look for Baltimore to have a good game as far as that goes. Burrow will be able to get back to his old self, especially after signing that large contract. So um, if you look at from a uh, fantasy football standpoint, I think the chemistry that uh, Lamar and Zay Flowers had during training camp in the preseason, that carried over to the regular season. Flowers had 54 yards um, after the catch, and I think he did um, nine receptions for like 80 yards during the the game. I think that when it comes right down to it, this is a pick em game in my opinion, and I think that if I had to pick someone, I would go with Cincy, although I'm going to pretty much stay away from that game. you got the Packers at the Falcons. Both of these teams are 1-0. and um, They haven't played each other since 2020, and they haven't played in Atlanta since 2017. So um, I don't think they know each other all that well. I think that the Packers are going to hold... Atlanta in check as far as their running game goes. Now, I say that Atlanta does lead the NFL in designed rushing yards, and a lot of that has to do with Robinson there, but I think that um, Green Bay's defense is going to actually be a little different. So, quarterback Desmond Ritter through no interceptions. We talk about the turnovers, and that's the key. And um, you know, he, he, he could. He didn't throw any interceptions in his first five career starts, so he could become the first quarterback to throw no picks in his first six starts. I think that goes back to 1950 or something, I believe. Uh, the linebackers for Green Bay, you have to look at Campbell and Quay Walker. They're going to need to um, stop the Atlanta run game, which I think they're going to. And, you know, even though... Uh, you have Khalil Herbert and Dante Friedman. 
um, with Chicago when they beat them, I think that they're going to have to really put the clamps down. The Packers uh, played pretty well under LaFleur. I think they're 41 and 26 uh, uh, against the spread with him. I think that the Packers are going to win this game. I would say they win by uh, four or five points. The Chiefs starting off at 0-1 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 1-0. All signs point to Travis Kelsey uh, playing in this game uh, after you know coming back from that leg injury. It looks as though he's going to be able to come back and play. They also signed Chris Jones. I think he'll come out there and have a couple sacks of uh, Trevor Lawrence just to celebrate his uh, new contract there. But again, you have to put the ball in the in the end zone and the Chiefs are looking to um, avoid becoming only the fifth defending Super Bowl champion to start a season 0-2. It's going to be tough in Jacksonville. Um, KC's favorite up there by last I saw was three and a half. I think that uh, now that Kelsey's back, it will make a difference. And this one's going to go down to the wire, I believe and this one can go either way. So another toss-up game as far as I'm concerned. You had the Seahawks at the Lions. The Seahawks lost their opener. Uh, Detroit, if you remember, um, had that huge win against the Chiefs. They're looking to start 2-0 for the first time since 2017. Um, I'm looking for Aiden Hutchinson to have a couple sacks. I'm looking for uh, Jackson Smith and Jiba is going to have a, a, a big game. And I think that Jared Goff uh, is going to have a good game for Detroit as well. And I think that if you look at this game, even though the Seattle has DK Metcalf and Tyler Locker as receivers, uh, along with the G, but that might be one of the best receiver groups in the league. But um, I, I do think that when this one is all said and done, Detroit's going to come up with a victor in this one as well. Let's see if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that uh, Detroit wins this one at the end by a field goal. The Raiders and the Bills. What do you say about the Bills? Uh, if you watched the game against the Jets on Monday night, uh, all the emphasis was on Aaron Rodgers, of course, and we'll talk about that in a second, but um, the Bills are at home now against the Raiders. Uh, I Allen had uh, four turnovers, three interceptions, and the, and the one fumble. He's got to, um, someone in that locker room needs to go up to him and sit down and have a conversation and say, hey, listen, you are one of the best players in the league. However, you take too many chances. And him throwing the ball into double and triple coverage anymore isn't going to get the job done. He was brought on this team to do one thing, and that's to win them a Super Bowl. Um, and he looked anything but the person that's going to do that in that game. Again, it was just one game. So uh, when it comes down to a close game, I still like Buffalo's chances. I think that if you look at uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Raiders, he's going to have a decent game as well. But when it comes right down to it, you have to put the points on the board. And I think that the Bills are going to bounce back and win this game by a touchdown and even their record at one and one. The Chargers and the Titans are playing. I'm going to take the Chargers in that one. Um, you have, of course, the um, Colts and the Texans. Both of those teams are 0-1. I think that um, the Texans are going to probably win that game. I'm going to go uh, to the next one with the 49ers and the Rams. That's a 4 o'clock game. The 49ers looked awesome last week. They played Pittsburgh. You don't go up to Pittsburgh and 
um, punk the Steelers the way that the San Francisco 49ers did last week. Brandon Ayok, uh, he went over a, a hundred receiving yards last week. Um, I think he had a couple touchdowns as well. Great for fantasy football players if you picked him up. Uh, when you're talking about him, uh, Debo Samuel, of course you have Christian McCaffrey who may be, you know, Mr. Everything. You know, he can run the ball. He can catch it out of the backfield if he has to. He can pass. So I think that the, the, the 49ers are one of the top two or three teams, I think, in all of football this year, like they were last year. And I think that if you look at what they're going to do, their defense will walk you up. And um, I don't think that they're going to have a problem against the Rams. So I'm going to take them by a uh, um, two touchdowns in this game. The Giants at the Cardinals. The Cardinals can rush you. There's no doubt that they can put some pressure on the quarterback. Uh, unfortunately, Daniel Jones saw that. He was under pressure for pretty much 70% of the game against Dallas. If you watch that, that was a that was a dumpster fire in the rain. I mean, that the Giants just looked totally um, listless and outclassed when they were hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I think it was last Sunday night. Again, just one game. Uh, the Giants do have some weapons, of course. And I think that when you look at you know, tight end Darren Waller, I look for him to have a, um, a pretty decent game. I think that um, Barkley is going to have a good game for them. And I do look for them to come back and actually win this game and even up one and one Again, don't forget, it was just the first game of the season. So a lot can be said either way. First games of the season uh, don't really give you a really good picture either way. It, it does. It's nice when you win like the Bucks did. Uh, if you lose, though, it's um, not the end of the world. You have the Jets. Speaking of the Jets, Jets at the Cowboys. This is a game that uh, I think a lot of people were looking forward to when the Jets had Aaron Rodgers. But unfortunately, I'm sure you are aware by now that Aaron Rodgers is out for the rest of the season with a season-ending Achilles tear that he suffered after the fourth play, I believe, in the game on Monday night. Now... If you look at that, uh, no one expected that to happen uh, against Buffalo, and they came back to win anyway. So they did beat him without um, Zach Wilson came in, and he you know, led the attack, and they came off a, a good win. Now the Cowboys, they're a team that their defense is uh, better than what Buffalo's was. So they're going to put some pressure on Mr. Wilson, and I think that... Uh, the offensive line for the Jets is going to have their hands full, and I'm not quite sure that they can hold off Michael Parsons and company. Uh, I think that the Cowboys are going to pretty much have their way with the Jets in this game. I would take the Jets by um, at least 10 points. You have a four o'clock game as well. The Commanders are playing at the Broncos. The Broncos lost the first game. The Commanders won the first game. A lot of excitement with um, Howell there, Sam Howell for the Commanders. Uh, I, I think that you're looking at the um, other side, you have Russell Wilson with Denver. He looked good at times. Other times he looked like, um, like he did last year. So, um, Howell's looking to become the first player in NFL history to record a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in his first three career games. It's going to come down to defense and turnovers in this one. Uh, I think that 
if I had to pick one in this game, I think that the Broncos are going to uh, edge them out by about a field goal in this one. Um, the night game tomorrow is going to be the Dolphins at the Patriots. Uh, what do you say about the Dolphins? They put up some uh, points last week. To, uh, uh, if you look at you know, what the, the Dolphins can do when they get everything going. Tyreek Hill, if you're a fantasy football fan and you had Tyreek Hill on your team, you got about 45 points last week. And that is just huge. Um, he's someone that if <laughs> uh, you, you really can't catch him, you have to keep him in front of you. If he gets behind you, it, it's all done. The other side of the ball, you had... Um, the Patriots, I thought the Patriots played a, a good game against Philly last week, uh, gave Philly all they could handle, came down to the end, and they're just outmanned and outgunned against the Eagles, but the Patriots, they'll play his own defense, they may give Tua a little trouble, uh, but I think uh, uh, as much as I uh, don't see the Patriots losing two games in a row, uh, I, I do think that uh, for this week, you gotta go with Miami, even though it's at it's at Foxborough again. But it should be a good game. And then Monday night, the Saints at the Panthers. The Saints are one and zero. Panthers are zero and one. It's gonna come down to a big play, I think. You have Derek Carr. Uh, if you're looking at Derek Carr, he's someone that at times can look good, and other times he's not going to look so good. Uh, tale of two quarterbacks, definitely with him. You have Bryce Young on the other side. He's the rookie. He's got a lot to learn. Um, I was always of the ilk that he's a little bit small to be an NBA quarterback. Everyone else is saying no, he's fine. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that the Saints are gonna end up winning this game by a field goal and um, two games on Monday night, the Browns at the Steelers. Again, Steelers got crushed last week by San Fran. Um, McCaffrey was, he ran over 150 yards against them. Average almost seven yards of carry. You don't see that. You don't see teams going into Pittsburgh and being more physical than the Steelers. So to see that happen, that just says how good San Fran's team really is. Um, I, I do think in this game, uh, the Browns are going to you know, come in and they're going to see Mike Tomlin with a chip on his, his chip on his shoulders, and um, you have Chubb on this. Uh, other side for Cleveland to be a great game. This one, I think, will come right down to the end. And if you look at uh, the two games on Monday night, this should be the better of the two. Would love to hear your thoughts. We already talked about the Bucks. Uh, I think the Bucks will win this game as long as they can um, stay away from the turnovers again. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We'll be right back. We're going to talk some Rays and maybe even some college football. 877-448-7901 is the number. JBSports.com. We're going to read an email as soon as we get back. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. 
Welcome back, Rays fans. I'll tell you what, this is a series with the Baltimore Orioles this weekend feel like a playoff series? It sure does. Starting on Thursday night, obviously the Rays went up to Camden Yards for a four-game series with the O's. And I heard someone say something on one of the, the shows that made some sense to me. It said that... Um, the Rays can't win the division this weekend, but they can lose it this weekend. And, you know, with Baltimore having a two-game lead and the four games being played and only two weeks to go, if Baltimore would have swept us, then, yeah, I, I could see that being true. Unfortunately for them, we were able to take the first game. And going into the weekend here, the Rays are only one game back from the division lead in the American League East. So we've been saying all along on the show that I think the Rays are gonna win the American League East. And I'm gonna tell you why I still think that and why I thought it before. Because when you get to a series at the end of the season, and there's gonna be a couple tough series for the Rays in the last couple weeks, they're used to playing uh, the playoff baseball like this. I mean, they're used to games mattering, and I can't say the same for Baltimore. I really think that the Rays have the advantage there. Yes, Baltimore has lost three in a row going into the weekend here, but I, I think that when the, the end of the season comes along, the teams that have the experience sometimes fare better off than teams that have been playing great all year. And Baltimore, they have been playing great all year. Now, what does that mean for the, the last couple weeks? It absolutely means nothing unless the Rays are able to go out there and perform. When I say perform, you need Randy Rosarina, who usually comes alive in October, you know, October Randy or playoff Randy, as they call him. He had a great August. He hit over 300, I believe, in August. That was after a terrible July. But nonetheless, he's, he's playing well. Big game on Thursday night for him. Luke Rayleigh, another big game. So it, it did feel like a playoff game watching that one. And I think that when you look at the Rays, their bullpen is playing tremendously. I think that that's what it takes. Everybody on board and you have to be able to go up there and perform when your number is called by Cash. You can't say enough about the way Cash has managed this season. Sometimes I, I, I take the bait and I complain about a game here and there by him not being able to uh, insist on the players playing small ball, maybe a sacrifice here or laying down a bunt in some situations. But overall, when you lose your top offensive player of the year, uh, Franco, when you lose your top defensive player with McClanahan as the pitcher, you lose those two top guys and you still don't miss a beat. Now hats off to you, what you're doing. Uh, next guy up and they're ready to play and that's the way it, that's the way it's been looking. So I think that you now as you talk about the raise chances here, you have to like them down the stretch as long as their bats keep on going. Of you know these one run games coming into the last uh, eighth or ninth inning really you know <laughs> isn't too good for the heart sometimes because 
I, we really don't have that closer. You look at the Orioles. They have Batista. Now he got hurt, and he's not going to be around. So that really causes a problem for them. That gives us a huge advantage. Uh, we need to have that person that goes in there and throw some smoke at the end. Fairbanks you know, looked great the other day. You, know, you, look, you go out there, the starting pitchers for the Rays need to go out there and... No, put in a good six or seven strong innings. That's really what I believe is the uh, formula for success for this team. You can't go out there and throw four innings, maybe you know five, and hope to be able to go burn a couple uh, relievers and then get to the end. No, you don't want to. Don't want to see Poche out there every game. You don't want to see Armstrong. You don't want to see Fairbanks. You know, these, these pitchers that we have, they need to go out there and, you know, throw six, seven strong innings. And, uh, you know, I think right now, if you look at our lineup, the pitching rotation, you know, with all the injuries that we've had, anyone knows the story with what happened this year. But if you look at right now, of course, uh, you got to go with Glass now, Eflin, and Savali. Uh, those are the three that are going to take us as far as we're going to go. Uh, you look at, you can talk about uh, Taj Bradley, maybe. You can talk about Zach Littell. Uh Yeah, they're, they're both uh, pitchers that we can count on in certain situations. But uh, once the playoffs start, you're going to have, I think, those three pitchers that we mentioned uh, leading the way for us. And they have to go out there and they have to have. Have some good outings and we have to be able to put some runs up to be able to support these guys when they're out there you can have you know Bradley is maybe your fourth starter you can you know Brad Zach Littell actually I would have Littell as my fourth starter um then Bradley is the fifth if you have to either way both of those guys will probably be coming out of the bullpen once the playoff season gets here so um, this weekend of course you're going to have uh, Eflin and Glassnow pitching uh, Savali had a good outing so I, it's going to come down to again the bullpen has been steady for us all year long. We're going to have to be able to manufacture runs. And when it's a tie game, when we're down by one, down by two, we have to keep that mentality of never out of the fight, next man up, and go out there and you know, produce a run, whatever it may take. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on the game. We have an email. Dustin from Lakeland, Jimmy B., what did you think of the attendance or lack thereof on the game Thursday night in Camden Yards? Uh, yeah, that, that's a good email. Thank you. Uh, I, I was surprised, actually. Baltimore, I mean, that's a beautiful park up there, Camden Yards. If you've never been there, definitely try to get up there. Uh, I was surprised that the attendance was so low for a Thursday night and uh, the top two teams in the division playing. I'm sure it'll be different this weekend. I, I think I think there's a ceremony for uh, for one of the O's players, which will, of course, bring people into the stadium. But nonetheless, I think you're going to see a lot of um, less empty stands as you play the games this weekend. Thank you for the email. Appreciate it. Uh, so let's switch gears for a second. Talk about some college football. Uh, all the teams, you got Florida State, you got the Gators, you got USF. They're all playing today. Uh, big day of football. You have Colorado and Colorado State. Coach Prime with Colorado is out there um, you know, feeling a little bit, I guess, uh, 
slighted by Norvell, the coach of Florida State, talking about, you know, trying to take his hat off and glasses when talking to people and, you know, just some, just some typical nonsense that I think is only going to hurt uh, Colorado State's chances. I think Colorado's going to probably try to run up the score the way that uh, Sanders tends to um, take everything in and make it personal with him. So many things are personal. I think he's doing a good job with Colorado. I think it's a great great way he's turned that team around and the atmosphere and the vibe that he's created there. But I, I am concerned with some of his uh, messages sometimes, and I'll just leave it at that. I think that if you look today, we got Florida State at noon. They're up there in Boston College. Uh, the rem- If there's any type of bad weather from the, um, the hurricane that's out in the sea there, it, it might affect the game a little bit. Other than that, I mean, actually, that's what BC needs to hold for it because if it doesn't, they're going to get rolled even worse, I believe. So Florida State should win that game by you know, 30 points if, if things uh, don't deteriorate with the weather. Then you have USF will be playing down here. They'll be hosting the... The tide of Alabama. Um, yeah, let's face it, USF is in for a long day, especially after Alabama's loss last week. Um, Saban's not happy. I'm sure they had a, a hellish week of practice, and they're going to take out their frustrations on USF. It's going to be a, a bloodletting on that game, I'm afraid. The Rays will then play at 7, and then you have the Gators tonight playing Tennessee. Uh, that's going to be a good game. Probably the, the, the one of the better football games of the day. The Gators need to win a big game. I think Tennessee being ranked 11 uh, is, is obviously ready for the for the game, but they don't win too many games up there in um, up there in the swamp. So I'm thinking that the Gators can actually pull the upset and come away with a victory in that game. Again, it's going to be a great day, great weekend of, of football and, and baseball as well. Uh, love to hear any of your comments regarding last week's games or upcoming games this week. Unfortunately, guys, that's all the time that we have. It always goes by so quickly. I appreciate all the emails and uh, text during the week. Uh, I'm going to be talking more about some fantasy football next week. Let me know how your team's doing. I'm one and one after well, uh, after the first week. I won one uh, league and lost the game in the other league. So we'll see what happens this week. Hopefully Burroughs can play better than he did last week. Have a great weekend. As always, stay safe, stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. We'll talk to you next weekend in the gymnasium on Power 90.1.